If you have your Bibles, turn once again to Psalms 92. I'm, I'm sorry that we're still stuck in that verse, but I think it's just such a powerful verse to, uh, for us to understand the importance of really being planted. And, and so we're doing this series planted so that we can understand that sometimes we have a wrong paradigm about some things in the Word of God. We have a wrong perspective. It's one of the reasons why God puts us all in a body because the Bible says that we all know in part and see in part. Believe it or not, not one of us in here today has all the answers. None of us do. And we need each other. We need to, to, to allow people to speak into our lives so that the perspective that we have that may either be incomplete or wrong can either be changed or we can act, actually walk in the fullness of the thing that God wants us to, to walk in. So, so again, it's, I know it's been a little bit of a challenging series, um, and, and I don't make any apologies for that because I recognize today that I'm responsible to you. I'm not responsible for you, so I'm responsible to share with you what the Word of God says. What you do with it, totally up to you. But my prayer is that you're going you're to get planted so that you're going to walk in the victory that God has for you. Because here's a, here's a quote that we've been looking at through each of the messages. And I, guys, throw that up there again. And it's this quote right here. If they can't get it, I can read it. There we go. It's the ability to learn how to live our lives consistent with truth that brings breakthrough in our lives. Listen, you can show up to Sunday and hear truth, but if you don't learn how to live your life consistent with that truth, it doesn't bring breakthrough into your lives. And what God wants you to do is break through in some areas of your life. He wants you to have an amazing marriage. Let me give you another shot at that, especially you married people. He wants you to have an amazing marriage. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be free from depression. He wants you to be free from all anxiety and fear. He wants you to be free from all doubt and unbelief. Now, some of you aren't amening, and I'm not sure if you believe it. God wants you to be free in every area and arena of your life. But it's that thing that it's our ability to learn how to live our lives consistent with truth that actually brings breakthrough in our lives. Because you can hear all day long about how to walk in the fullness of life, whatever the subject we're talking about. But if you don't walk out and start living it out and applying it, there's not going to be any breakthrough in your life. Preach it, Pastor Richie. So if you have your Bibles in Psalms 92, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall what? Shall flourish in the courts. And that means the outer area of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. And I've said this repeatedly. I have met a lot of Christians that aren't fresh. They aren't flourishing. They are, they are, they, in fact, they look more beat down than a lot of people in the world do. And, and I said it last week, but I want to say it again. God wants every one of us to be rooty, tooty, fresh, and fruity. All right? Because there's so many good things happening in our life, we are rooty, tooty talking about it. I'm not talking about the other tooty. I'm talking about tooting the good news of Jesus Christ. All right? That we're fresh and that we're flourishing. That's what God looked. Christianity is incredibly attractive, but sometimes it is hidden from the world. Because what we bought into the lie is that, that Christianity is all about the rules. It's all about the regulations. And when I'm talking about this, this series, in this series about being planted, what we're hearing is you legalistically have to show up. And if you don't, God's going to be mad and disappointed at you. I promise you he's not. But I'm telling you, half of the battle is typically just showing up. You want to you wanna work out and get healthy? Half the battle is winning the battle of the mattress. 
getting up in the morning. And, and listen, I, I, I'm the pastor. I am the lead pastor of this church. And there are Sundays when I don't feel like going to church. But I show up to church whether I'm speaking or not. The reason is, is I want to be exposed to the word of God. And just so you know, you think I'm preaching to you, but I'm preaching to myself today. Because sometimes I say things that I hadn't planned on saying and I go, oh, that's pretty good. I think I want to take a note on myself there. Because the Holy Spirit is speaking through me today to, to impact your life and change your life. But look, if you've got the brick wall up and going, yeah, pastor, try to impress me. I'm not here to impress you today. Because I promise this isn't a super impressive series. But what I do believe is that God wants to change our lives so that Christianity becomes the most attractive thing in the world. Because the flourishing of God is flowing in our lives and through our lives. So those who are planted in the house of the Lord, we got to get planted. So we started out this series looking at this, this bonsai tree. I don't know how well y'all can see that, but this Japanese art form is, is taking a seed and placing it in an environment that limits the potential. It, it, it puts in a pot so it limits the potential of the tree. But listen, the seed that was planted here, this was never God's design. God never wanted the seed that he had here to be, to be limited by this, this pot right here. It, God's desire for the seed that was planted was that it would be mega fruitful, that it would be enormous. So, and even though it's cute, right, it's kind of cute, because it's in a shallow container, it will never reach its full potential. And unfortunately, this is what happens with a lot of Christians, in fact, what I would say in America today is this is the majority of Christians in America today is that they are bonsai Christians. Going to heaven? Absolutely. Thank God that it's not about what we did, it's about what he did. But walking in the fullness of life and being fruitful so that all of their area not only impacts their life but the lives of the people around them, it's not happening. And so what we don't want to be is we don't want to be a bonsai Christian. All right? In fact, I, last week I shared this. I want to kind of real quickly review for those of you that may have not been here or those of you that have slept since last Sunday, probably most of us, just to remind us real quickly what a bonsai Christian is. A bonsai Christians are Christians that determine the shape of their own pot. And the reason why they do that is because self remains the center of their world, not God. Christianity is a little confusing in America. Because in America, Christianity is you go to that church, Christian. That's not what a Christian is, because a mouse can be in a cookie jar and it doesn't make it a cookie. You can stand in a garage and it doesn't make you a car. And you can go to church and you cannot be a Christian. What a Christian is is somebody says, God, I'm all in with you. I'm surrendering my heart, my life, everything about my life to you. But the reason why some people become bonsai Christians and they, is because they want to determine the shape of their pot. This is what Christianity looks like. And God's saying, no, 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 listen, I need to sit on the throne of your life if all of the stuff that I'm talking about, the promises that I have in God's word, are going to work. I'm not talking about us being perfect, but I'm talking about us pursuing that thing. Listen, we, for, man, I don't know why I'm on this, but some of you may need to hear it today. I, we have excused our sinful nature for way too long. I, well, I'm just going to sin, so I might as well just bail in. Listen, that's not who you are. You are not a sinner saved by grace. The Bible says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means that you're righteous. Are you perfect? Absolutely not. 
We all make mistakes and we all stumble. But it's not a justification of the behavior. When self-sitting on the throne as well, you know, God's, God's going to still love me and he will. But we've got to quit excusing our wrong behavior. That's why you need to show up on Sundays because sometimes we need to hear some messages like this. We need to understand what it really truly means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Because listen, your environment is defining you and shaping you. And when you show up on Sunday and you hear the word of God and you, you, you sing praises about the goodness of God, suddenly you're being molded and shaped. In fact, somebody sent me a picture this past week. Guys, throw that up there if you would. This is a watermelon that was grown in a box. I don't know if you can see it, but, but the box actually begin to define the shape of the watermelon. How many of you know watermelon typically don't look like that, right? But they did this, I think it's in China, so that they could stack them easier. And listen, your environment is defining who you are. And if you're going to decide this is what you're going to be because this is who your friends are, Listen, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go to heaven, but you're not ever going to be fruitful. You're not going to walk in the full fruity, tooty, fresh and, fresh and fruity, rooty, tooty, fresh and fruity mindset that God has for you. Didn't sleep very good last night, so I love it when I preach on these Sundays. All right. Second thing about bonsai Christians is they require constant maintenance. Because the soil is shallow, this little bonsai right here has to have constant attention. And when Christians are like this, they need constant attention just to survive in Christianity. They need somebody all the time that's helping them and pulling them up. And they'll say things, you need to water me. But listen, God's design was for your roots to go down really deep. So that you don't need a daily fix-up from someone. In fact, the only daily fix-up you need is from Jesus. And every day, because you're in love with him, you get up in the morning and go, man, I can't wait to get in the presence of God. It is a spiritual discipline. Some of you are just becoming aware that you need to have a quiet time. And the more you begin to understand how important that is, you'll begin to adopt the behavior. First, it'll be hard. You'll really have to win the battle of the mattress again. But suddenly, you'll, you'll enjoy. I can't wait every morning to get into the presence of God. I absolutely love being in the presence of God. And I've discovered this about Christians, that roots are, they're very shallow. Is the shallower their roots are, the higher their judgment is on everything else. Third characteristic of a bonsai Christian is they fail to reach maturity. They never fully mature. So they love to hang out with other bonsais because it's, it's good that you and I look the same. And because their roots don't go down deep, their roots go around and around and around. And, and it limits the potential of the fullness of what God wants to do in their hearts and lives. But as you get planted in the house of God, I said as you get planted in the house of God, when you begin to get your roots down deep, something begins to change. Listen, you are not called to live your life isolated in a pot. You, you are not designed to decide your own shape. You are not designed to decide what Christianity should look like. You've got to get some roots down deep. In fact, here's what Proverbs 18 says, that a man who isolates himself, those who put themselves in a protected pot, he seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. And what begins to happen to bonsai Christians is they become imbalanced in their life. They're constantly leaning towards their past, the, the hurts, the, the things that, that are not really past issues anymore because they're defining the way that they're acting today. Or they're leaning towards their future that, hey, one day I'm going to make some decisions and I'm going to make some changes in my life. So they're either leaning, leaning one way or another, but again, it's because as bonsais, they look at other bonsais and they say to one another, you look great. See, 
This is what the seed of the bonsai was supposed to become. Can you throw that picture up there for me? This is what this seed was supposed to become. Same seed, different environment. Are you all seeing that? This is a, a Japanese juniper. See, and, and what God is doing is God is in heaven saying, I created you to be that. Not only did I create you to be that, but because you decided to become that, the generations that are going to follow you, the people that you influence, the people that are around you, your coworkers, your family, your friends, I've designed them to become like that. Listen, I'm so tired of Christians having to start at ground zero because a Christian didn't decide to become that. Other Christians are supposed to be standing on you and I's shoulders. And listen, by the way, if the enemy's beating you up because you've been this for a while, tell him to hush up, saying I'm getting out of the pot, I'm going to get planted, and that's what I'm actually going to become. You don't have to stay this way. You don't have to get stuck as a bonsai. How do you do that? Those who are planted in the house of God. How many of you still believe the word of God today? Show of hands. How many of you believe the word of God today? Those who are planted in the house of God shall flourish in the courts of our God. This is where I want to pick up today. I want to talk about the issue of being planted. So what does that mean? Well, you can either be a bonsai Christian or you can be a planted Christian. Here's the first one of what it means to be a a planted Christian. A planted Christian is someone who commits to a deeply rooted life. It's someone who commits to a deeply rooted life. They're not just here today and gone tomorrow. We've all had some friends like that. We've all had some family like that. Yeah, but I went through some stuff and it was painful. I was done, done wrong, so I'm up and out of here. I'm up and out of here. And you can, but listen, when you start running, it becomes a habit in your life and you start running more and more and more. When I was going through Bible school, I was waiting tables at Chili's and I had a table one time that it was very large and they were very demanding and, and I was getting off and if you've ever waited tables and you're getting off, you're kind of back rolling silverware, trying to take care of them. Well, I didn't take care of them probably as well as I should. Well, they complained to the manager and, and weren't going to give me a tip and so the manager got on to me and I was thinking, man, this is so unfair. I mean, he really got in front of me and everybody and I was so mad, I wanted to walk out. You ever been there? And I'm telling you, I didn't walk out, and I believe that if I had walked out, I would have begun developing a habit in my life of walking out. Now listen, if you've walked off a job, okay, but let's stop walking out. Let's stop, let's get planted in the house of our God. So listen, I don't know if you realize it, but when you look at a forest, the the huge trees, they have roots that go down really deep. And, And when those roots go down really deep, when the storms comes, listen, it's not a matter of if storms are coming. When the storms come, those storms, those, those roots are down so deep that the tree doesn't fall over. And, and, and not only do they just go down, but they've gone down so far that their roots actually touch other roots. So now those roots are intertwined. So it isn't just your strength anymore. It's the strength of those around you. You've got somebody holding you up. See, and when that begins to happen in your life, what you begin to understand is that you can say to the devil, devil, bring what you want. You can blow however hard you want to, but I'm not falling over. But I'm telling you, if you're in a pot, a little wind comes and you're over. Because listen, you have people around you that are supporting you and strengthening you. People that are surrounding you and protecting you. 
And not only that, when you go through a season of drought, again, it's not a matter of if, but when, you're going to be okay. Why? Because there is things beneath the surface that are greater supply. The deeper you go, the greater the supply is. And what I've discovered is that those roots, they're not only going down deep as they're touching one another, they actually become fixed together and actually exchange water and nutrients from one root to another. So what we have a tendency to do is because we've been hurt in the past, we're still leaning towards our past. Look, I I don't want to get close to other people because people may say some things that I don't like. Do y'all have anybody in your life that ever says things that you don't like? I've got some family that say things that they don't like. They're not here today. How many of you are someone who occasionally says something that other people don't like? Show of hands today. Find the honest people here today. So we say, look, I I don't want to get too close to people because they may say something I don't like. Listen, you need to get in root touch. You do. You need to get your roots down deep and get in touch so that the deep things in your life are discovered and found. Because they're discovered and found in close relationship with other people. The the richness of life is found in relationship. That's why we do small groups. Because the thing that you've discovered need to be communicated with other people. You went through some stuff. You overcame some stuff. Not just so you could go through it and overcome it. You went through it and overcame it so that you could pour it into someone else. Because there's going to be someone that's going to come behind you. And you're going to see ahead of time what's happened to you. And you're going to say, hey, you might want to stop right there. You might want to stop right there before you make that decision, and you might want to get connected. You might want to get planned. You might want to make some adjustments so that you don't have to go through what I went through. And suddenly, instead of just sitting back going, yeah, I know what they're fixing to do. Oh, boy, I feel sorry for them. Oh, man, that's going to look horrible. I got to tell you, man, one of the things that I shared with you guys when I came back from Australia is I'm not going to be silent anymore. If you are in my life in any way and I see some issues going on in your life, I'm going to be in your business. I am, I, I'm not here to be judgmental and act like I'm better than you, but I just want to say, hey, 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 be careful. You're walking too close to the edge. Preach it, Pastor Richie. Again, so we pour into one another so that we have long-term sustainability. Man, I, I get so tired of seeing the Christians getting beat up by the devil just simply because they don't have other people in their life to help them. They don't have some, some strength. They don't have root touch happening so that there's strength happening with other people in their life. That's why you got to get planted today. It's not something legalistic, but it's something that's going to help you to get your roots down deep. And some of you that are more mature Christians, God has planted you as a big tree to provide shade for the younger saplings. He has. You're here to, to watch over them so that when they don't understand things, you're going to be able to speak things into their life. Because there's going to come a time when, when some of us that are the older trees, we're going to move aside and some of those new trees are going to begin, become now providing shade in the forest. And I think God has such an amazing plan for you and for your family, but you'll never get there through rootlessness. In fact, I, I heard a story this week, a guy was talking about this, but if you have a fruit tree that is doing well, but let's just say you don't like where it's planted, it's just not real convenient. Like if you dig it up, And you make sure that you don't break off all the roots and you dig a big hole and you put the right dirt around it. You'll discover that the next year it will appear as if it's actually dead. 
And in fact, in the first year, you probably won't have any fruit. In the second year, you'll have a little bit of fruit, but it won't even be close to what it used to be. In fact, it'll take three years for any transplanted fruit tree to actually bear fruit to get back to where it was. Listen, it's very similar in the Christian life. That every time a Christian uproots themselves from the environment they're in, it takes a period of time. I don't know how long it is, perhaps up to three years before they're able to get back to the level of productivity that they were at before they got uprooted. See, because when you get rooted in here, you start developing some relationships and you start, you start getting to know some people. And suddenly now your fruitfulness begins to impact their life and their fruitfulness begins to impact your life. But when you get uprooted and you go somewhere else, you got to start all over. You got to build relationships again. You got to, you got to get around so that your roots touch other people. So you got to get planted in the house of God. Listen, I'm not saying that you shouldn't make a change. I'm not saying that you shouldn't move to a new city or take the new job, but you need to consider how long it's going to take before you're fruitful again. In fact, if you study the fruit tree that's being transplanted, it will actually lose up to 90, 80 to 90% of its previous root system to get reestablished. And you got to understand this, the devil wants to keep you out of church. Have you noticed how many excuses, ideas, and thoughts he gives you on Sunday morning about why you shouldn't go to church? He wants to keep you out of church, but listen, if you decide to commit, he'll bring someone into your life that's going to kind of rub you the wrong way. He'll, he'll bring one of those greeters into your life, and man, they're making me sit up front. <laughs> you don't understand, I was Baptist, I'm supposed to be sitting way in the back. Or I'm Methodist, or I'm Pentecostal, I need to be up on the front row. Where, where are all the front rows taken? He'll get somebody to rub you the wrong way. You'll get mad at the pastor, which is hard to understand in this church, that that could actually happen. Now, that's way too much laughing now. You'll get, you'll get mad at some one that's in leadership because his goal has always been the thing, same thing. His goal has always been to try to get you out of the garden. And some of you, it's happened to you. You knew that, man, you shouldn't have made that choice and you uprooted yourself and got out of the garden. Listen, we need to get some roots that go deep enough so we discover the nutrients and water that are below the surface. Because God is saying, I've got so much fruitfulness, but if you're going to be up and out, up and out, up and out, and you don't commit to a deeply rooted life, you're never going to see the exponential growth curve that God has for you. All the blessings that I'm talking about all the time that God wants to do in your life, you're not going to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. Are you saying God's not going to bless me at all? Oh, absolutely. I think every one of us could say today with confidence, we're blessed. We're here today, clothed, drove a vehicle here, probably have a home, probably have a meal waiting for us. Incredibly blessed. That's why the Bible says that God causes it to rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. But listen, we're, we're not trying to survive. We're trying to thrive. We're trying to let people understand just how good our God is. And you and I being blessed is the greatest reflection of the goodness of God. Some of you weren't raised that way, so you're not sure about that. It's okay to be blessed. All right? I want to let you know that. So, so you got to make sure that you get deeply rooted. By the way, listen to this. When you are transplanted, the tre- stress period of the transplant depends on the size of the tree, where it's planted, and the care given to it. So you can pop up and say, man, I could just get into any church. No, you need to get into good soil. You, you need to get into an environment where they're preaching about the good news of Jesus Christ, where they're preaching the love and hope of Jesus Christ. So a planted Christian is someone who commits to a deeply rooted life. Second thing is a planted Christian adds value to the orchard. 
Let me say that again. A planted Christian adds value to the orchard. So why are we here at Amarillo Fellowship? We're here because we like it. Don't be a bonsai Christian. Or there's some things in this church that I really don't like. Probably say that with some confidence that there might be a few people here who feel that way today. There's some things that I don't like. Let me ask you, what are you doing about it? Because what we have a tendency to do is kind of get in a, a laborer management mindset that we're all kind of laborers and the management, the church leadership, we're just kind of against them. Whatever they're doing, we're just kind of against it. And what we need to recognize is that the church is not this building. It's not this service. We are the church. So if there's something that we don't like, I got to ask you today, what are you doing about it? The church isn't very friendly. Do you come early? Do you stay late? Do you look for people that, that might, not be, might need a connection? Yeah, they're just not very friendly. No one ever talks to me. Do you talk to them? See, the Bible says that if you want friends to show yourself friendly. I hear people tell me this about other churches because I know it doesn't happen at this church. That they tell me about other churches, well, no one even said hi to me. No one even said anything to me. Well, did you say anything to them? So here's the question. Is the church here for you or are you here for the church? Broken? Hurting? The devil reared back and popped you in the jaw? We're here for you. We are. We're going to get out the bed. We're going to get the doctors and the people around you. We're going to love on you. We're going to do everything that we can to get you back to health. But somewhere along the process, you need to get up out of bed. You need to get out of bed and say, you know what? I'm here for a greater purpose than just myself. Because listen, if we keep enabling you, your hurt will define you. And I, I see people all the time that are so crippled in life. They're not succeeding in business. They're not succeeding with relationships because something happened in the past that has crippled them and they've decided to allow that to define who they are. Listen, we're not here. We're not, the church is not here just for us. We are here for you. And we're, again, we're gonna do everything that we can to help you when you go through a challenge. But listen, we are here for the church. We are here to make a difference in the world that God's placed us in. And those of you who are older in the faith, I'm talking about me. Some of you that you've been around for a while, don't you dare start saying, look, I've already done my part. Preach it, Pastor. Man, I'm getting everybody today, aren't I? You know, I've already done my part. I've had my time. I've done my share. Listen, don't start living your life where you're not bearing fruit anymore. Because remember what verse, verse 14 said? says this. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Listen, we aren't supposed to bear fruit in just small segments of our life. We are to be continually producing fruit in our life. Listen, if this church looked like your generosity, how much could it do? If it had your spirit in the leadership, what would it look like? How positive would it be? Would, 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 it, would it be loving? Would it be forgiving? Would it be kind? Would it be grace-filled? Listen, come on. You're here to add value to the orchard. Let's see. It's, it's not like a farmer looks at a tree and goes, oh, tree, it's all about you. No, it's about what all of us are going to produce. That you and I get the opportunity to advance the kingdom of God every day. Every one of us was designed to flourish. 
to produce fruit that will make a difference in the, in the lives of other people and in the future. Listen, I know sometimes the process is painful. Listen, I, I do. I, I know that sometimes it's a challenge when we, we come into church and we've been involved in a church before and we say, the church used me. But do you remember when you began to discover what Jesus Christ had done for you? And you were amazed that God loves you in your best moments and your worst moments. And you begin crying out to God, God, I don't know how you can do it, but God, just use me. And then we're kind of surprised when he does. Because sometimes the process is a little bit painful. And I know the feeling. It seems like as a pastor, it seems like the people that we sometimes help the most are gone the quickest. And and sometimes we we get used, but we've got to remember that we're fruit trees. And we were designed to make a difference in other people's lives, whether people thank us or not. You know, when I was young, I grew up on a farm, and on that farm we had an apple tree and a pear tree. They're about 30 yards apart, and we love to eat the fruit off off of a tree. I don't know if you've ever had fruit that wasn't sprayed with a bunch of stuff, but it's actually pretty awesome. You know, and there were some years when the, the bugs would get to it or, or something would happen and they'd fall down and we would take it because we were so resourceful. We'd stick a firecracker in it, get one group over here, one group over here, light them and throw them at each other so they'd explode over the top of one another. But you know what? In, in all of my life of enjoying that fruit, I never stood in front of that fruit tree and said, oh, fruit tree, thank you for bearing fruit for me when all your friends gave up. Thank you that you bear fruit all the time, that you're doing this not, not for yourself, but for those of us. Now, honestly, if I'd been doing that, you'd love to get a video up, put that on right on the, on the internet. Listen, the church should say thank you. We, we really should, and I want you to know that we try to as often as we can. In fact, before we begin every service, we have a dream team huddle. We get all of our dream teamers to hear that, man, honestly, the dream teamers in this church, y'all are my heroes. Y'all really are. You show up consistently. You show up faithfully to do all the things that God has called you to do. And every, every morning, we take an opportunity. Sunday morning, we take an opportunity to say, hey, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. And, and the church should say thank you. Thank you. But listen, in all of our lives, we're always going to have people in our lives that are not going to appreciate us as much as they should. We, we just are. But we have to remember that we're here for the value of the orchard. What, what's the value today that you're adding? You might be hearing you saying, well, I think I'm planted. Well, just ask yourself the question, have I decided to get my roots down deep? Have, have I decided to get my roots down so deep that the surface stuff doesn't affect me anymore? In fact, one of the greatest ways we can always understand how deep our roots actually are is how much the surface stuff affects us. Because the moment somebody walks by us and doesn't say anything to us and we think, well, they're really stuck up snot. I'm going to another church. We have to recognize our roots are not down deep. But when we're in a, in a ministry and things don't go the way that we had planned or, or some things aren't happening the way that we thought they should, and man, it's a storm in our lives and we say, I'm not moving. We can recognize our roots have gone down deep. Second question is, am I here to get something or am I here to add something? Because if I'm adding something, what am I adding? Do I come early? Do I stay late? Do do I show up because I'm I'm looking for people who might need a helping hand? Or am I showing up because there might be a ministry that actually needs my help? See, we have to make a choice and decide that we are not going to be a bonsai Christian. 
where everything is about us, where it's all about my shape, my pot, my color, my friends, my need, my want, my time, my money, my, 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 my. Sounds like a rap song. You know, one of the the biggest indicators of the last days, the word of God says, is that people will be lovers of themselves. It'll be all about, what are you doing for me? And again, what I've discovered about people who are saying, what have you done for me? It ends up being, what have you done for me lately? That it's, that it's never enough. See, God designed you and I to make a difference. It's one of the greatest lessons in our life when we learn and understand that. Because it's easy for you and I to stand back from something and see what may or may not be happening or what may or may not be getting done. Not realizing that the reason why we're seeing it that way is, number one, I think sometimes we can all just be a little critical. In fact, all you have to have are two eyes and be in a critical frame of mind, and we can be critical about anything. But the second reason, and I think this is the one that's more important, is that God actually designed you to notice those things so that you could actually do something about it. So that when you walk in on Sundays and you see the church, the chairs are a little, little crooked, you might be an organizer. You might need to show up and be, work with our ushers and work with our greeters and get some things organized. You might go back and, man, man, that children's ministry, they just need some more help. Maybe God's calling you to do that. You walk in and you see somebody sitting by themselves and, and, man, you're just drawn to them to go over and pray for them. Maybe God's calling you to be involved in the prayer ministry. Because, you see... It's, it's not our job to bring the problem into the forefront. It's our, pro, it's our, it's our job to bring the solution. Let me, let me tell you what I can do. I can show up. I, I don't know how to do any, all of it yet, but hey, let me show up and let me just help in any way that I can. So, so instead of just thinking that the problem is always out there, that every church has issues, what's the common denominator? You are. I am. We are. Listen, we've all got issues. And so instead of thinking that the problem is always out there, take responsibility and ask yourself, am I a planted Christian? Am I planted in the house of God? Have I decided to let my roots go down deep? Am I focused on bringing value to the orchard? I'm telling you that when you do, because it's the way that God designed you and created you, you're going to flourish and you're going to find incredible fulfillment in your life. You're going to find contentment like, like you can't find anywhere else. Because that's the way God designed you. That's the way God created you was to be a part of an ecosystem. So I want to close with this. This statement, and then I want to make a couple comments on it. Give us one year of your life. I promise you that God will change your life forever. Give us one year of your life. Show up consistently on a Sunday. Just sit here, hear the word of God, soak up the word of God. When you don't understand things, begin to research it. In fact, somebody caught me between services and they said, man, you said something, but I didn't quite catch all of it. I'm going back to listen to the podcast because I want to hear what you said again because I need that in my life. Make a decision that you're going to allow the faith, your faith to grow because you're hearing the word of God continuously. Get in a small group. Listen, we all need each other. None of us are as strong as all of us. And you've got to allow your roots to go down deep and get intertwined with other people because there's a a story in your life that will impact and change other people's life. And there's a story in other people's life that will impact and change your life. But we've got to get into relationship with one another. Third and final thing, go through the growth track. 
Look, next week is step one. It's a great time right now to make a decision. Maybe get out your phone, put an alarm that 8 o'clock next week, uh, next Sunday, man, I'm going to go through the growth track. And I'm telling you, you're going to begin to discover your purpose. It's not the end of it. It's just the beginning of you understanding the way that you were created, the way that you were designed. So you begin to walk in this amazing thing of life because you are a 10 in something. God's wired you for something. 